0: This is Recovery Revolution Live. The episode that you're about to hear is live and unedited. If you're interested in watching the live stream, head over to facebook.com recoveryrevolution100. We record a new episode every Monday night starting at 7 p.m. Central Time. All right, what's going on, everybody? I'm so excited for tonight's episode. You have tuned into another episode of Recovery Revolution Live. I'm Brett, I'm one of the co-hosts. and I was saying before the uh, the stream started that uh, I had a little bit of an allergy attack this morning. Uh, I got some sinus stuff going on, so my voice has been cracking. So if it sounds like I'm going through puberty for a second time, That is what you're hearing. Um, Tonight's episode is going to be brought to you in part by um, Sober Mode, and we're going to be doing a Sober Mode giveaway, so be sure to stick around for that. We'll give you some instructions on how to enter tonight, Uh, but we're going to be doing a Sober Mode hoodie. And that's going to be really awesome. You don't want to miss that. And we're also going to have some giveaways from tonight's guest as well. A few books. Um, so without further ado, tonight's guest is named Anna David, and she transforms entrepreneurs through leadership. And she's a best-selling author. Um, she's a New York Times best-selling author. That I can't skip over. That she's uh, she's written over eight. She's written eight books. She's published in the New York Times, Times, L.A. Times, Vanity Fair. Playboy, Vice, Cosmo, People, uh, Redbook, Women's Health, Huffington Post, BuzzFeed, Salon. There's a lot of there's a lot of things on this list. I feel like I skipped over a few. I'm sure that I did. And so I apologize uh, to Anna for that. Um, She's also been on Good Morning America Today, Hannity, Attack of the Show, Dr. Drew, Red Eye, The Talk, CBS Morning, Insider, fox news nbc cbs mtv vh1 e the list just continues to go on and on and i'm sure i missed quite a few of those but without further ado i'm going to go ahead and bring anna and jr onto the screen and we can get this episode started hi there good evening
1: everybody I am so stoked about tonight's guest. She is amazing. I I had the honor of meeting her in Las Vegas this year and she she'll blow you away. That's that's all I got to say.
2: You know what I'm blown away by? How I forgot to clean up my background so there's paper towels and headphones sitting over there. It's killing me. <laughs> but you know, we don't do this perfectly, do we? We just do it. <laughs> Brian? Right?
0: That's right.
2: So what now?
0: JR, you want to take us away, man?
1: I mean, I kind of know your story, but I, our viewers don't. Um, I've read your bio, and, you know, from Dog Walker to New York Times bestselling, Ted, three TEDx's, I mean, like Brett was saying, the list just goes on and on. I mean, you can jump in anywhere you want. I mean well, this is your show.
2: Well, fantastic. You are so sweet. I am so uh, I'm I'm ha- so happy to be here despite my paper towels in the background. And um and what do you know What's interesting is that the dog Walker, let's just so so Party Girl was my first book and it is a uh, a novel what they call a romana clay which means that it's um a novel but it's all totally true. That's what that means in French. And um, and so every, you know, and back then, this was 2007, there was no such thing as Quitlet. There weren't recovery influencers. There weren't all these things. And I thought, well, if I make it a novel, I can take elements from my life and make fun of them. And anyway, I did get the rights back from HarperCollins, and I re-released the book uh, in September of this year, and that's the glorious new cover behind me. But, But what's funny about the dog walker thing is that was real. That really happened to me. And this is an example of like really kind of circling the drain. I was totally unemployable, but I kept managing to kind of be employed in different ways. And I got this job as a dog walker to this executive who worked at Imagine Films, which is, I I don't even think it exists anymore, but it was Ron Howard and Brian Grazier's company. And I I was so delusional. I thought, well, you know, I'm going to walk her dog and she's going to realize how brilliant I am. And then I'm Mm going to write a movie. And then she's going to, next thing I know, Ron Howard's going to be directing my movie. But the reality is that I was doing coke, walking, you know, driving to her house, walking her dog. To add insult to injury, I'm a cat person. I don't even like dogs. And I'm like, oh my God, I am picking up a dog's shit. And that is my career. <laughs> and just when I thought it couldn't get worse, she, she called me and she said, she paid me t- like $10 an hour. And she said, so Ian, I was thinking, um, d- um, where do you, how long does it take you to get here? Um, and I said, well, it's about half an hour there and a half hour back. And she's like, well, see, I work at Imagine and they don't pay me for my driving time. So I was thinking you've been billing for two hours, but really I should only pay you for an hour because I shouldn't be having to pay you for travel time. So I got demoted to $10 a day instead of $20 a day. And it was really an abysmal experience. But that's what my life was like before I cleaned up, really.
1: Wow. Wow. I can't, I can't see you walking a dog for $10 a day.
2: Oh, I know I was terrible at that poor dog. I wonder if he's still like, probably not, not because of my caretaking skills, but just because it was a very long time ago. Um, But yeah, yeah, it was not, I, I honestly was people talk about, oh, I lost everything before getting sober. I had nothing. I had nothing to lose. Great. I didn't lose anything because I had, you know, I had nothing. And, and I was fired from every job I ever had. I have actually been fired from every job I've ever had in, in sobriety too. So it just turns out it's me. It's not my addiction, which makes me an excellent entrepreneur. Um, I just can't seem to work for people, but, but that's okay. I think I'm okay to work for, but you'd really have to ask my team. <laughs>
1: now you're your own
2: boss. Uh, yeah. And I'm the boss of a lot of other people. And I'll tell you something, that's not easy either, but I prefer it a million times to letting someone else be the boss. Mm. Amen. Yep.
1: So uh, tell us. Tell me about uh, uh, Las Vegas and and. The mobilized recovery. I know this was this your second year doing it. I saw you the year before, but we did it on Zoom.
2: Yeah, it was actually my third mm-hmm. year, so I think it's only three years old. So I think I've been at every single one. Ryan Hampton is like my brother from another mother, and he was kind enough to allow me to do my storytelling show there uh, two years ago. And I used to have a storytelling show in Los Angeles where basically my thinking back then I had a website and it was called After Party and I and I created it and I sold it to the owners of The Fix. And and it was so hard to get traffic there. And I thought, well, it's really hard to get people to read. But what if you got them into a room and you forced them to listen to you? And that was the impetus for starting this storytelling show. So it was so great. It ran for a couple of years here in L.A. In this, t- It was a coffee shop that had a, a, a theater in the back, and they still, they, there were tons of AA meetings there and everything. And so we would get local rehabs to come, and, and I would get these great comedians like Eddie Pepitone and Laura House and Jackie Cation, these wonderful sober comedians, Greg Barrett. And what was awesome is we would get these people who were so newly sober And they were at a rehab where you couldn't have caffeine or sugar. And so this was their big event was they were allowed to come to this event. And so they would get, all this coffee and all these cakes and then they would come in and they would laugh at anything <laughs> anything we said and there's you know a show kills if it's crowded and the crowd is laughing and this could only fit 50 people and that rehab always had like 40 people so it was always like standing room only people howling. And it's pretty awesome because over the years, not a lot, but people have come up to me at meetings and said, you know, I was in rehab and I was taken to your show. And it was the first time I realized that I could have joy and laughter and fun in recovery. Um, but anyway, Brian's a regular attendee at my LA show. So he said, why don't you do it at Mobilize? So I was able to pick four of my performers and we, they flew us to Vegas and we did the show At the end of Mobilize, which was great because they had all been really serious the whole time, and they just got to laugh. So that was wonderful. That was really fun.
1: Yeah, that's that was. uh, I remember, uh, I remember your uh, your workshop last year. Yes. Yeah, I was excited when I heard you were going to be the MC this year.
2: Yeah, I was like Isaiah David. (laughs) The workshop was really fun too because it was a really, you know, there's nothing like sober people to be ambitious and excited. I will tell you, sober employees are the best employees I've ever had because, it, you know, it may not come from the healthiest place, but we're sort of like, I got to succeed. I got to be the best. And so that, that workshop everybody was so motivated and so into it and then and then emceeing was really fun I'd never emceed an event really I mean I'd hosted storytelling shows and Ryan's like don't worry about it I know you can do it um it was really fun because I got to give this award to Darren Waller and my boyfriend is this obsessive Raiders fan so that was really cool but but what I didn't realize is that ryan didn't tell me we were gonna be standing on stage the whole time yeah. and i don't wear heels and i wear flip flops all the time so i'm wearing heels and i didn't realize there was a camera on me and so literally the whole event i saw a video of it and it's like me going and talking for <laughs> why and, and sitting down and all these things so so that was mortifying but fine
1: you did, you did an amazing job. I, I mean, they, they did it during the uh, Recovery Awards dinner. Yeah. Patrick Kennedy really blew me away. I mean, he, that guy, I mean, I was ready to run through the wall for that dude.
2: <laughs> I mean, seriously, there's nothing more daunting than having a guy who's got that kind of a gift for public speaking. But please, it's like in his blood. And, you yeah. know, it's not a fair comparison. But, yeah, he was, he was fantastic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he was he was great. He was great. I mean, I really enjoyed it, you know, coming out of the uh, the first the first time uh, two years ago when it was COVID and we had to do the Zoom. I mean, I enjoyed that one, too. But I mean, you can only do so much through Zoom. You know, you can't can't really form those bonds with people. Like just yesterday, I was doing uh, I was with uh, uh, Jason Rudine doing his podcast, who who I first time I met was in Vegas. was the first guy I met. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you're building these these everlasting, you know, long lasting uh, relationships with people. And I mean, that's how you get stuff done, in my opinion.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Although I have to say COVID has been so interesting in terms of the relationships and bonds that I have formed. My sponsor, I've never met. She's been my sponsor for a year and a half. Really? We met, we met over COVID. Um, I, I've I've made friends. It's just, it is interesting. But I also, I don't know if you've, this is totally veering off topic, but I've seen people I know become friends with other people I know in other cities. And I'm like, well, I know the real them. This like little video COVID phone relationship you have, it may not be the real person. So I don't know, but I really like how I've been able to, to really bond with certain people despite not being in person.
1: Yeah, but but it's been really tough on the recovery community. Do you you think so? I mean, because, you know, going from in-person meetings to Zoom meetings.
2: For me personally, it's been amazing. (laughs) Um, I am someone who has a lot of trouble sitting still, yet everything of value that I know, I learned from uh, 12 step. And so that can be really hard. You know, I've been going to meetings and sober, uh, over 21 years. So if you don't like sitting still, that's a, that's, and you try to go to a meeting every day. That is a lot of having to sit still. So I used to knit in meetings. Cause I would think that that would kind of get me there. Then I was needle pointing. And finally I was just like, you know, just learn to sit there. But so Zoom where I can listen, I'm one of these people who focuses better when I'm Maya Angelou calls it like you distract the little mind so the big mind can focus. If I'm doing something else, I can really focus. So I clean my house and I take in these epic life changing stories and thoughts and everything. I think if I were new, one of the most important things when I was new was that I got this wonderful group of new friends. And so I think that's really hard. I'm sponsoring people who are new now. And it, you know, it's, it's, it's not when you can't, you know, we used to go from meeting to breakfast, to lunch, to party, to movie. And, and, you know, people can't do that in the COVID times, but I think overall, it's been amazing in terms of it's so much less daunting to go to an online meeting if you're just checking it out so I think there's definitely been positives and negatives but I hope that virtual meetings uh, continue to exist
1: I, I think they will I think uh, zoom zoom really took off with covid I mean everyone everybody being afraid to meet up with other people so now yeah I feel a lot safer you know but only thing with that is, I mean, so many people get so plugged in today. I mean, they they forget that life's actually happening, you know, outside.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's true. My home group, uh, it's a hybrid meeting. So we meet up and then we've got a computer to connect everybody else.
1: Okay. okay. Yeah. So uh, take us through uh, Hollywood. I want to I hear about Hollywood and, and the, the book coming into a movie. How does that affect you personally and in your recovery?
2: Well, a couple things. So when the book was first acquired by Harper Collins in 2005, they thought it was going to be this huge, massive hit. They paid me really well. They were going to put me on the cover. Uh, There was tons of movie buzz. They were going to make a reality show about me releasing this book. And then my publisher, Judith Regan, was fired in this huge scandal And so all this hype died instantly. And even though it got tons of press and I was on the Today Show and it was in Cosmo and all of these things, there was no one at HarperCollins to sell it to bookstores. And back then in 2007, that mattered a lot. It doesn't anymore. And so it was devastating to me that this book that I knew was the best thing I had ever written, the funniest, would, you know, kind of didn't get a shot. And so over the years, it's been optioned over and over and over again. But um, when it, now it looks like it really may happen. And so I decided I don't want Collins, who completely screwed up this launch, to reap any of the benefits. Because look, if it becomes a movie and it's a hit, then lots and lots of people are going to buy the book. Um, so there's a lot of ifs in there, but so I was able to get the rights back. It was very complicated. They didn't want to give them back. I had to get a lawyer and my agent involved in all of these things and I was able to get it back. And, and so now I own the rights and the movie just, you know, I've got Jeff Garland, my, um, who's a dear friend on Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's attached as a producer and to play the rehab counselor. And then I have, you know, in Hollywood, you gotta, gotta have all these little schemes. I've got a, a friend of mine I went to rehab with, his character in the book and the movie, he uh, is an Oscar winning producer. And so he's attached and he's getting this, you know, it's just everybody's, you know, we've got some money um, and it, I got nothing solid for you, but it's going to happen. I just don't know when.
1: I believe it's going to happen. I mean, I want to see it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> did you come to that event that I did with Jeff I Garland? I
1: I did. I, I mean, I, I was in there for the whole whole entire time, you know. And I was—I mean, God, he—he he wouldn't let you talk. I was, I was like, Man, "Let her talk. I want to hear about this."
2: I know, but he's so funny. Yeah, That's... he is
1: funny. He is funny. Yeah. I mean, you got a lot of you got a lot of fans and mobilize.
2: I love that. It makes me so happy. I will tell you something honestly, because you know when I wrote "Party Girl" and I started talking very publicly about my addiction and my recovery. I didn't know that that was brave. I didn't know that that was trendsetting. I didn't know it was anything except what I felt like doing. And then I think as that became something people did, I started to get resentful. And it manifested in such a weird way. I was very... um. Hostile. If people reached out to me about recovery-related things, I can't, I think it had to do with the fact that Party Girl was not as successful as it was anticipated to be, as I thought I should have been. And I saw these other books come out and do better. And 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 I don't know. I it's just all my ego. And so now that I'm working a program and I'm actually like a person who gives the world love and not her ego it means so much to me that anybody values what I have to say about this. Cause I'm not a doctor. I, you know, I'm just t- somebody talking about my own experiences and it's just cool. It's just, it's just, it's an honor that to have fans from mobilize.
1: Yeah. You are uh, one of the, the people that I can think one of the, the few people that I could think of, it actually opened that door for us to restart recovering out loud. I mean, you, you embraced it, you know, and then, you know, 10 years later, I'm embracing it. Yeah. I mean, it, it really does make a big difference out there.
2: Yeah, that's so cool. Like I said, I had no idea. I live in LA where every other person's sober. Anyone who's not sober probably needs to get sober. And I'm, I'm a writer. Everybody would expect me to dr- be a drug addict and an alcoholic. And, and I'm a Jew from Marin County who's been in therapy since I was 16. So there was nothing brave about my talking about it publicly. Lena Dunham has this quote, you know, it's not brave if you're not scared. Right. I wasn't scared. I just started doing it. And it was only when I started doing it and I started hearing from people who did not live in Los Angeles and, and, uh, be in careers where you could be open about it, that I started to realize it it still wasn't anything brave for me, but that it was, it was a big thing for other people to do that. And, yeah, I mean, part of me is like, well, I wish I had, like, you know, if I had made Party Girl into a memoir and I had released it two years ago, back when the Quitlet became a thing, it would have been more successful. But, you know, I truly do believe everything happens the way that it's meant to. And if Party Girl had out of the gate been that huge success that it was anticipated to be, maybe I would have become a total asshole. Maybe I would have drank. Like, who, who knows? And this way where, you know, I relaunched it and it didn't sell a million copies, but it was fun. I got to yeah. go to Vegas and and do that and, and MC an event. And now next year I get to go with Sands Bar touring around, you know, the United States. And today I showed you what I got to do today. Can I show people? Yes, you can. It's so freaking cool. Um, This artist that I met. He's got a license to do um, all the boxes in L.A. The, the city pays him to do graffiti art on it. And he he did graffiti art of Party Girl on the corner of Sunset and Vine, which is the most iconic corner in yeah, L.A. It's a prime spot. It's prime spot. And it just is. And it'll stay. You know, he's had art that stays there for three years. So. It's just, it's right down the street from my house. It was, you know, so that's what it's about. It's not about selling a million copies and um, and all those things. It's about the people that reach out and say, um, I read this book and it made me want to get sober. Or, you know, I used to have a recovery podcast. I would have people who came up to me in meetings and say, I, I came to meetings because I heard you talk about it. So I'm so far away from back when I was struggling in shame, that I forget how crucial it is to find people that give you, you know, show you what it can be.
1: Exactly. I mean, that's, that's beautiful. I mean, that's, that's totally amazing that, that, you know, that hits home right there. So uh, legacy launch pad, that's your baby.
2: That's my baby. Um, that's my publishing company. We've uh, been in existence since 2017. And we write and publish books for entrepreneurs. So it's mostly seven and eight figure entrepreneurs, um, people with huge businesses. And they want to have a book that's going to allow them to sh- showcase what they know. And the reason I started this company is Party may not have sold a million copies, But within a few weeks of it coming out, actually, before it even came out, I was on the Today Show and CNN, and it was saying addiction expert. And it blew my mind that I went from a struggling addict to a sober addict to a recovery expert simply because I wrote a book. And I realized that, that a book was the difference between sort of knowing something and being publicly acknowledged as knowing something. And so that's what the mission of, of my company is. It's to take these people who know so much about something, who've had a lot of financial success, but aren't out there in the world. And they want to be, you know, they want to get the attention they deserve and they should, because they have, you know, figured out how to be successful and they owe it. They feel that they owe it to the world to to share how they do that, so that's what my company does. I've got a team of writers; they're Wall Street Journal and USA Today best-selling authors. They write for places like the New York Times, and I you, the client signs with us. I give them one of my writers. They the writer spends several months, sort of being their personal documentarian and writing a book in their voice, and then we edit it, edit it again, edit it again, lay it out, launch it, and we know how to. We have this sort of proven bestseller launch system. So even though each book is individually tailored to each person, um, we have a proven way, a method for getting it to be a number one bestseller in 10 categories on Amazon and get it distributed to 40,000 other outlets. And so it's really wonderful. It's a lot of work. We charge a lot of money because (laughs) no expense is spared. And um, But I'll tell you, ever since we started, it's been nonstop business. We don't do any promotion or advertising. It's all referrals. It's all people coming to us. And we've done a lot of recovery memoirs because people come to me for that. So our clients are about half those business people and half other people who either have written their book and just want it published or Want to write their story. And, you know, someone, um, Emily Lynn Paulson, who's now a huge recovery coach, she came to us and she wanted to be a best selling author. She already had a big Instagram following, but she knew exactly what she wanted. We did this book together called Highlight Real. And now she has this company called the Sober Mom Squad. She's on the Today Show, she's in the New York Times. And so, And Darren Prince, who's another recovery advocate, same, same deal. So my first clients, particularly Darren and Emily, showed me what was possible. This it was like, oh, my God, if you get a book, if we do that book for you and you know where you want to go, whether it's you want to be a speaker who makes ten thousand dollars a gig, you want more clients, you want to have a coaching business, if you know what it is and you are willing to invest in it, you can do it with this book. And so, yeah, that's what we do
1: wow i mean uh, a few of our uh earlier guests were so uh aspiring sober authors i mean we have you know jeff vickers sober slogans joe Coniff, uh causes and conditions i mean w- any advice for anybody out there because you know we all like to share our experience strength and hope
2: yeah i mean avoid traditional publishing at all costs it is it is a rough road, you know, I think the statistic is two in every 10,000 book proposals sell. And those are book proposals that have agents trying to sell them. You can absolutely do it yourself. You don't need to hire a company. like I have a launch your book course that sells, that teaches exactly what we do for clients who pay up to $100,000. And it's actually for Cyber Monday, anybody watching right now we are selling the course for 75% off and uh you get a free book audit from me which is to say you send me your book idea and i do a recorded audit of it with a book title and all of these things so so it's a, but it's only for today it just happens to be cyber monday um but but you, you could take that course and you could publish a book and it can be a bestseller and it can get you exactly what you want so um do it yourself, get expert help, but do it yourself.
1: Okay. Okay. Good stuff. Good to yeah. know. Good to know. Yeah.
0: yeah I had
2: a, I had a question.
0: <laughs> I, I had a question. So I read party girl. Uh, I guess that was last week actually. So to be fully transparent, I just now read it. I know it came out a long time ago. <laughs> And it's it's the only <laughs> book of yours that I've read so far. Um, but you mentioned I can't remember what the French word was that you used to talk about it being an autobiography. Uh, how much of the book is is real and how much of it is is fiction?
2: Excellent question. And by the way, I'm impressed that you read the book. Um, most people don't who are interviewing you, and you can you can usually tell when they have not And by the way, I interview authors and don't read their books all the time. So there you go. Um A lot of it is true. A lot of it. And then, um, you know, when I got sober, I immediately got hired at this magazine called Premiere, which is now long gone, to do a column called Party Girl. And I thought it was really funny. That I'd been this wild and crazy party girl for many years. And suddenly I was sober and really boring and just going to meetings and having coffee with my friends. And suddenly I, I was like the moniker of party girl. And they were sending me to premieres and the Oscars and the Emmys and Golden Globes. And I was supposed to be living this glorious, crazy party girl life. And so that was what the column was. So once Um, A few years had passed. I thought that's a really funny premise for a book. What if this person had to embody that and had to create a fake persona based on who she used to be? So that was the impetus for writing it. A lot of the stuff in there really did happen to me. There's this like There's this gross musician who's who I I in in real life was delusional enough to think that if this musician invited me to his house to do the interview, that I was really gonna score this awesome interview. And you know, not even getting that he just was trying to leave with me. And um, and you know, so so a lot of those things are totally true and then i had to make up a lot to make it a story you know it ends in this big in the the character in the book becomes a lot more famous than i actually became i didn't become famous um so so it's it's very much what harper when they when they released it they called it reality fiction they call you know they coined a new genre for it
0: Okay, so as far as like the, there's a, the part in the book where you have like the photo shoot I don't want to give away too much of the book if people haven't read it yet but there's a the part where you're doing the photo shoot and you're in like the martini glass or whatever did that actually happen
2: great question when I was about four years sober I got this opportunity to write a story for Playboy magazine and it just randomly happened to me and then I wrote this story and they decided to shoot me for it. So I'm in, I've been in Playboy twice. So I was in it for that, um, that issue. And then a couple years later for another story I wrote. And that was crazy because I've, you know, been photographed kind of, but not like a Playboy magazine shoot. And to be clear, I'm not totally naked, but goddamn close to it. And so, and they got this guy, Antoine Verglas, who shot all the Victoria's Secret catalogs to do it so it was based on that that scene is based on that experience but the martini glasses made up
0: nice nice and then you said that you fictionalized part of it so the ending you said you kind of made like the big dramatic ending how did the column actually end or did you did you like have a realization that you were in a bad place and you couldn't keep doing that and it kind of went against your morals or how did how did that column come to an end
2: amazing question that no one has ever asked me The column came to an end because I was fired. But unlike the other times I was fired, I hadn't actually done anything wrong this time. What happened is Premiere hired me because they they had a new editor-in-chief and they wanted to make it like super cool. And they thought... We're going to hire this girl. She's going to do this column called Party Girl. It's going to be super cool. But the problem is, Premiere Magazine was for film nerds. And they didn't promote, this is the new Premiere. They just kind of suddenly threw this in there. And the words came back that I alienated the readers Film nerds were not down with Party Girl. And so in circulation plummeted. That wasn't really my fault. But so the editor in chief was fired and the same day he was fired, I was fired. They didn't call it that. They just were like, we're letting you go. You can keep writing for the magazine, but no more Party Girl and no more, you know, health insurance kind of a thing. So yeah, I wish I could say, oh, it went against my morality, but no, I was fired.
0: Well, thank you for answering that question, because I, as I was reading the book, I, I had a feeling that a lot of it was based on events that had happened in your life. It just a lot of the, a lot of the elements just felt real and like like a really like a uh, like a lived experience.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, um, it, it it was and and that's why and I don't say this in a self-aggrandizing way. It's the best thing I've ever written because. I didn't have what you get once you release a book and you're put through the churn of traditional publishing. It's so hateful. It is so awful. The people on Goodreads are so mean. People become, they're so mean. Never authors. Authors get that you've worked really hard to put yourself out there. So we're often incredibly supportive of each other, but you have no idea. And especially traditional publishing because because they make you feel like it's all your fault that your book didn't sell well. And when I wrote that book, I didn't know about any of that. I just knew that I'd had this experience and that I wanted to share this experience and I thought, you know, my original impetus was when, when I was bottoming out, I didn't know there was any any happy life. I thought I want to die. I've wanted to die for a while. So I know AA, rehab and sobriety will just be awful, but maybe they're better than dying. So I can't kill myself and then try that, but I could try that. And if it's as bad as I know it will be, I can then kill myself. And that is how I went in. And that's because the PR around recovery was non-existent then. It was Um, it was basically where Charlie Sheen went to rehab. And that's all that was out there, if you Googled it. And so I thought if I could save one person from having to feel the way I felt for those last few years, then I will have done something good. And I'm a big believer in you trick people, you entertain them. So they think they're just being entertained, but really you're giving them information that's going to save their lives. I mean, because admit it, you were entertained. You were entertained while reading it. You'll admit that, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Anna, he hasn't read my book yet, but he got your book last week and went right through it.
2: There we go. There
1: Sorry. we go. Sorry, Jr.
0: Uh,
2: Jr. Let's talk about your book.
1: Um, my books, uh, it's doing okay. I mean, I've, I've won a few awards with it so far. I actually wrote it in 2018, and and I wasn't satisfied with it, so I went back in, edited, I uh, got an editor to come check it out, new uh, this, uh, book cover, this, uh, and it and it's I'm really happy with it now. I mean, it's it's getting great reviews of. I mean, I've got a, a positive carcass review, Book Life, a uh, few other places.
2: Amazing! That's yeah. so great. Yeah, I love it.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, I'm happy with it. I mean, I'm I've been trying to slip it to you in the email, but
2: <laughs> you you haven't slipped it to me very effectively. Because... Yeah, I know,
1: I know, I know. I don't I don't I, re- I don't really like talking about myself. You, I mean, my life's like you know service.
2: Yeah. But that book is service. And I bet you people have reached out to you and said, I read this book and changed my life.
1: Oh yeah. I've, I've have, I've, I've had people reach out to me to talk about it. I mean, it's, I mean, it's touched a lot of people. I mean, that's, that's, what's in it for me. I mean, I'll never, I'll never sell a million copies, but I'll be, I'm happy with being a North Charleston bestseller.
2: (laughs) Right. I mean, because who cares about selling a million copies? It's, you know, th- this is so trite, but it's like I—it's never going to make us happy anyway, and that's what we want. What's going to make us happy is working a program, thinking of other people, and so you know, I spent so much time bitter that I wasn't selling more books, and why was somebody else doing? Yeah, that?
1: doing better, getting higher ratings, good reads.
2: Matter. Go for the ask, Jr. <laughs> um, <laughs> at least at the very least tag me in some shit so I can start promoting you. Oh. Okay?
1: All right. All right. I got you. I got you. Um there was something I wanted to ask you.
2: Um how am I so awesome? <laughs> you are awesome. You are
0: awesome. You want to you want to give away the hoodie and and thing. Yeah, about let's do the question one. Let's do the because we still have like five of our books, we got to give away. I know, I know, I know. Let me let me put the graphic up that I haven't even used for the giveaway, so people can see what the awesome hoodie looks like. I don't know why I have it on you. I'll put it on me, I guess. Um, let me let That's me cue so up. Cool. Let me cue up the uh, the music. We'll do a little music for the giveaway, and we'll do the drawing. Do do do. All right, and the winner is Shannon Lee Johnson. All right. If you want to comment or, or send, the, uh, send the Facebook page a private message, and we will get that out to you. All right. Good stuff.
1: Okay, okay. Oh,
0: I didn't mean to do that. Let's see. Line to... them, let's
1: line them up for party, girl.
0: Yeah, let me... Uh... Let me get that to go away. Sorry, it's hard to talk and produce at the same time. I know. I'm Maybe finding I have that like out. Five of these.
2: So cool. Are, and so there are people here who are commenting and stuff.
1: Yeah. Um. You're on the private chat. There's a public one that you could read on the on the right side.
2: Oh. So they're, So okay. Are they having fun? These people. They
1: they see. look like they are. I mean, they're <laughs> pretty active
2: comment you guys and say how much fun you're having oh look at that look i just needed to click over there look at that
1: her marketing is boss
2: Ah, look at this there's all these comments i thought it was just you guys chatting hi guys um
1: oh yeah my question was about uh in your bio you said you you started the fix
2: yeah. Well, so I was living in New York and a guy named Mayor Rashawn reached, uh, connected. Uh, we had mutual friends and he um was starting it with uh, this guy named Joe Schrank. And we sat there and Joe had a sober living in Brooklyn and we sat there and mapped it out. It all went to hell. Oh my God. Lawsuits, chaos. I was fired from there. and um and and so it was ended up being sold uh but yes yes i was the first editor i was there for a couple of years but it was truly a hellish experience i'm glad it's still around but um comment party girl to enter the book giveaway and oh sanjay and karen and crystal and heather and david look at this so good sorry i got i get distracted easily bright shiny things like these names
1: yeah, the fix was one of the first uh, online platforms that I was submitting my writing to. I mean, oh, I have awesome. like four or five articles on there right now.
2: Oh, that's is your cat really proud of you? Because I see that cat <laughs> in the background.
1: Yeah, that's a uh, was well, a feral cat. You know, oh. adopted, yeah, I'm a I'm i I'm a cat person too. So,
2: so so your cat is sort of symbolic of you. You were once feral, and now look at you. <laughs> oh, is that right? I like
1: that. I like that.
2: Yeah. I, what I like is that image. That's the best thing ever. So, so yeah, I will say all three of those books um, in in some way deal with my recovery. Um, How to Get Successful by Fucking Up Your Life is a book that I put out a few, a few years ago. It's, it's a book of essays. And and I was talking about that storytelling show. Every time I performed in the storytelling show, I would write the story and then I would, then I would learn it. Um, and so I just took a collection of those stories and put it in that book and then make your Mr. Memoir was my book last year. And my thinking about it was, I always, I love memoir, but I don't often get takeaways from it. And I love business books, but I kind of sometimes find them dry and boring. So what if I could do a bizwar? What if I could give my personal story and then tell people how they could go and make their own mess into a memoir. And so that's what that book w- is. And then I re-released Party Girl this year. And that, that's really my baby. That's the one I'm obsessed with.
1: So you've had a very busy couple of years then. So Look, you correctly. When,
2: when you're doing coke every day and then you don't <laughs> do coke every day, you, you got, you've got to keep busy. You've got a brain that is like, what are we doing now? Yeah. And, and luckily, my what are you doing now is is really healthy for the most part. And, um, and, and, and it's great. Like I said, there's uh, sober alcoholics and addicts are, and I know some people don't like those terms, addicts and stuff like that, but whatever, we are the coolest, funniest, smartest, most motivated most ambitious people i've ever met in my life and my tedx talk is about how much I, I, how i used to think the label of addict was was terrible and now i think it's wonderful because addicts are the coolest people i know most but laid back but but just funniest and and um and, and brilliant And so I really think our our problem is that we get stuck in our own way and, you know, we're riddled with a hundred forms of fear. And so the work (laughs) is get out of that and know that anything is possible, anything. So, so yeah, like David is saying, make your, what your tests into your testimony, your mess into your message and um, you know, all of those things, you're a survivor and, And most people aren't most, you know, we know the statistics about addiction and alcoholism. It's, you know, something like 95% of people never find recovery. So if you're one of that, you 5%, yes, recover out loud and be so proud of yourself and know that if you can defy the statistics, I'll tell you something. When I was in rehab and they said, you know, one out of 10 of you is going to stay, um, I said, I'm going to be that one. And when I was trying to submit my book to publishers and they said, you know, one out of every 10,000 books sell, I said, I'm going to be that one. So I really think that's it. Just like keep saying, I'm going to be that one. Who cares? Um, and and buy some Broken Chains apparel while you're at it, <laughs> whatever that is.
1: Broken some Chains comments. apparel. That's David Barnes. That's his uh sober- uh, yes,
2: mine. yes, David Barnes, go get it.
1: Yeah, we 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 had a, a meeting with him the other day. He's going to be sponsoring a few shows too.
2: That's awesome. I love this. I love that you get this interactive group.
1: I mean, it took, it took a while to get to this point. I mean, we started the page about three years ago, and it just it just blew up. And I mean, three years, quarter million followers, I'm like, we got to do something different. Let's add podcasts. Yeah. So I, so I recruited Brett. You know, I gave him a, a big two figure contract.
2: <laughs> Look at that. Enough to buy coffee, huh?
0: <laughs> yeah, it depends on where you put the decimal at. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and, it, and we're doing really well. We got another one on um, um Saturday night, 7 p.m. Pardon my reach with Jeff Vickers. Whoa.
0: He's in the crowd somewhere. I think he's the one that's commenting from the Recovery Revolution page. Oh, okay. He's trying to win your book, I see.
2: <laughs> I trying. mean, he's trying really hard. And he, he deserves it, but I also think that Heather Conley deserves it and Amanda Mass Darnell deserves it and Alvin McGuire Fourth deserves it. So, Christy Morris.
1: I only have I five thinking. copies and I want to keep one.
2: <laughs> um. Well, so so what else do people out there have have questions
1: yeah let's open it up to uh questions from the audience anybody have any questions for anna i know jeff vickers does i
0: was gonna say jeff probably does because he has he's written his own book oh, he's already it, commenting
2: jeff.
1: there he goes that's jeff
2: well so jeff well okay but this is a kind of one-sided conversation. Let's swap books. Yes. Jeff, what's your book called?
1: Sober Slogans.
2: Sober Slogans. Is it a book of sober slogans or is there more?
1: There's there's a little bit more to it. I mean, it's a really good book. I've read it.
2: So so I, I would be also curious. Put in the chat if you're interested in writing a book. The New York Times says that um, 81% of people want to write a book. So, so are you part of that 81%? Because if even a part of you thinks that then do it like make 2022 the year that you do it. It's, it's, it's so possible, you know, and this is coming from a, a former dog walker who doesn't even like dogs and was getting paid $10 a day.
1: Ouch. I mean, I used to pay my dog Walker $40 a week.
2: <laughs> it's not better. I mean, yeah. I am no mathematician, but that's not, that's not great either. It was just, it was just that it, it doesn't really matter, but it was just, I was so depressed and I was coming home to do cooking. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what else? I mean, I know we're coming up on six o'clock here, but, but what else should we chat about?
1: Hmm. So what's in store for next year after you get all of this, you've re-released party girl, you got your, 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 your possible movie coming out. Hey, uh, we just had a real recovery film fest on here a couple weeks back. You know, oh, you mean, submitting the movie to them and having them run it.
2: Le- Leonard Bouchelles. Yeah. Leonard.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's going to be on here in January. I think.
2: I've known Leonard for so long. Um, you know, it has to be a movie before it can be submitted there. yeah, but but, yeah, I take steps every day to to make it happen. it's it's that whole thing. I try to live my life by this idea of, you know, and it's a, like we talk about like wear your sobriety like a lo- loose garment because how do you how do you get something that you really want without energetically pushing it away? There's this David Hawkins quote that says, we get what we want when we stop insisting on it. And I used to, you know, before I fell in love with my boyfriend and moved in with him, I would or moved him in with me. Let's be real. Oh, oh, I would be dating these unavailable men and just want to will them into loving me. And they were never going to because they were simply incapable of it. And I would try to will people to buy my book and the movie to get made and all of these things. And instead, it's like, how do you show up and really want something and then let the universe just give it to you in its own time? Because it's never going to come when I want it to come. Nothing's ever going to be fast enough. And so, and how do you enjoy the journey? Because I have had miserable book releases, and I have had, I have had glorious ones, and I have had miserable relationships, and I've had glorious ones, and I've had miserable days, and I've had glorious ones. <laughs> and the thing the glorious ones all have in common is that I just let go of the reins, and I just let whatever was going to happen happen. I mean, this is such a dumb example, but so I oh, I told you guys before we were recording recording next year, I'm going with Sans Bar on tour. So this wonderful guy named Chris Marshall is based in Austin, Texas, and he has um, a company that serves non-alcohol-free cocktails, and they're really yummy. And he is going around the country next year, and he invited me to come with him and do party girl signings in each city. And I love it. It gives me this opportunity to go to cities I would never normally go to, and so, so- he said, book Seattle and Boise in January. And I book those. And then he says, OK, Seattle's going to be epic. but Boise may not be that great. Maybe instead you want to come to Austin for South by Southwest. Anyway, so I had booked my ticket to Boise and then I called today the airline to be like, you know what, I'm going to cancel this. And and I was just so kind. It took an hour and a half for them to tell me, no, you're going to charge you anyway. But all I took away from it was like, I just decided I was going to be a cool person and that they really went to a lot of trouble. They did an hour and a half worth of work trying to figure it out. And so it's like, if I can have that attitude, then I don't have to be like fucking these customer service people and good (laughs) Jim and why can't they give me my money back? And like this person that I am fully capable of being because I have been that person many, many days. And so I don't always have the foresight and the patience to remember, uh, but the, any of these things, but when I do remember them, I sure have much better days, you know?
1: Amen. 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 I think we all struggle with that, you know, in our sobriety. I mean, that's one thing I had to learn was patience. I'm like, you know, it's not my timing anymore. It's God's timing. So that's how, that's how I look at things today. I mean, back in the day, I wanted it right now. Instant gratification.
2: Um. Well, you know what you can also do, by the way, is if you want, auction off. um, She just dropped the mic. Yes. I thought he meant I literally dropped the mic. I was like, no, I didn't. Um, (laughs) If you want to auction off, Mike, launch your book course and add that. Um, 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 It's $997 and I will give it to somebody here. Oh, wow. Wow. possibly, Possibly. Chrissy said she's interested in writing a book. It's my long-term goal. And then did a hashtag of manifesting. So I think possibly she has manifested a um, a course. Oh yes. Chrissy,
1: congratulations. She's one of my admins. She's well, been look amazing. At that.
2: Look at that. So um, if you'll pass along my contact information to Chrissy, I will get her access to this course. And all I ask in return is that she actually do the course and launch her book next year.
0: Wow, Chrissy, big yep. stuff. Yeah. Wow, that's insane. Um,
2: that's what happens when you show up.
0: That's right. Yeah. That's right
2: um so okay y'all what what now i gotta get i have a couch being delivered so i <laughs> gotta go deal with that but this has been super fun
1: i mean i really enjoy it. let's do the uh the let's do the, the giveaways yeah let's do the giveaways because you know i got a, a yeah, ton of, yeah 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 i mean do i'll it. do four par- party girls and the uh the make your mess your memoir and how to get su- su- successful by fucking up your life
0: <laughs> all right I guess we'll do the uh, the same drawing thing again, and I'm going to leave it on Jr's face did this you time Did uh, mine.
1: Did a party girl one?
0: What's did that? Someone,
1: did someone win the party girl?
0: That's what. Aren't we doing the drawing right now?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the little draw button. And it's gonna generate a random name from the comments, and I will read it aloud, and we will do that. Four times, five times. How many? How many total books are we doing? Um, we're doing a total of four
1: and six, six books.
0: All right. The first book, which I guess you're going to pick, which one that is, um, Jr. The first one goes to Amanda Mass Dar- Darnell for book number one. Book number two.
1: Amanda, please email the page with your address, and I'll get this mailed out this weekend.
0: All right. Book number two is going to go to Alvin. Alvin McGreer. I don't know why I'm the one doing this. I'm a terrible reader, and I'm also the one that read the book. You're the only ones that can see the names, buddy. I know. I know. (laughs) Alvin McGreer, the fourth. Alvin, email the page with your address, and I'll get it out this weekend. All right, book number three is gonna go to do 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 do. Larry Birmingham, Larry, please tell me you don't live in England
2: <laughs> <laughs> or Canada.
1: Yeah, well, All Chris right. is in Canada, so book number four. We'll forget- um
0: doo, doo,
1: a, party girls doo, 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 three doo, more
0: party girls and we'd be oh excited. three more yeah and oh i gotta i gotta cue my music up again hey hear the music dude oh i got it down kind of low uh karen, karen smith mcguire come on down gotta cue gotta, yeah gotta keep the the 80s game show music rolling
1: yeah, if you want a book, uh, send an email to the page or, or uh, you can email, uh, message me personally.
0: Oh, there we go. Jeff Vickers.
1: Jeff, yeah. party girl.
0: How many more we got? I can't um, count.
1: Dude, I can't count, man. <laughs> I can't
0: count. <laughs> You're the one supposed to be keeping track of it, man. I don't want to give away more books than we have.
2: <laughs> well, look at me. I Math is not my thing.
0: Yeah. All right, David Barnes. David Barnes. Broken yeah. Chains. Broken Chains in the house.
1: Yeah. One more. He says one more. One more? Is that that one or?
0: You tell me if I'm reading another name or not.
1: Um, I think we're good, man. Oh,
0: that's it? Yeah. All right, perfect. David,
1: send me your address, buddy.
0: Nice, nice. All right, let me switch back to a different view.
1: Anna, it's been totally amazing. I am so glad you accept. I'm, I'm so glad I reached out to you on LinkedIn.
2: Me too. This like this is so cool. You guys, yeah, I'm so impressed with the whole. I just like excellence. You know, you got the little icons and you got the music and and you know, and it shows in the people that that show up. So thank you so much for having me.
1: We totally enjoyed it.
2: Well, okay. We'll talk soon. I'm excited. You're going to send me your book and put me in touch with um, Chrissy so I can give her the course. Okay. And if anybody else, you know, if you want to reach out to me on Instagram, I'm at Anna B. David on all the platforms, also on Facebook, which I think a lot of people are on. And um, yeah. And if you're interested in finding out about our publishing company, LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. That's it for me. Awesome thanks you guys i'll talk to you later thank you so much bye thanks
0: everybody all right guys you know what that means this is the end of the broadcast as always the audio version of this will be available in about an hour or so after this video ends and I also have a, another podcast called Recovery Survey, come out every Wednesday, usually about 30 minute episodes. And this week's episode is actually gonna be Liz McKean, who was on the Recovery Revolution live a few weeks back. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Liz and it's interesting. Awesome. Yeah, she's awesome. And the conversation, um, the conversation was actually a little bit different than the one we had on here. So you get to hear a different aspect of her recovery journey. So that's pretty okay. cool to see that. And um as always, um, oh, I'm, I'm skipping apart. Um, thank you to tonight's sponsor, which is Sober Mode. They gave away that awesome hoodie earlier in the episode. So be sure to check out the Sober Mode merch, which is available on their website, which is, I believe it's SoberMode.com or Sober Mode yep. clothes?
1: SoberMode.com.
0: SoberMode.com. Yes, sir. Oh,
1: I'll post it in the thread here.
0: You, sir, are awesome and boom yeah who won a hoodie uh I'll have to
1: read Gary I gotta send it to uh, send it to him and so he'll he'll send out the hoodie
0: nice as always guys remember it's progress not perfection just like this uh just like this live stream it I feel like it's getting better every week so continue to tune in for more fantastic recovery content who's our and guest then- next week? Who is our guest next week? Uh Tracy Levine. Tracy Levine. That name sounds so familiar. Yeah. She's the one that does the, uh, the recovery oh, the blog. blog. Uh-huh. That's the okay. one. And okay. she is a member of the recovery revolution page. So that's pretty cool that we're having one of our own people on the podcast. Awesome. Looking awesome. forward to
1: that. Remember if you want anything tonight, please email the page and uh, kind of, remind me what you won because I cannot keep track of that stuff
0: <laughs> well fortunately we have a video that you can re-watch after it oh ends and you can see who got what
1: oh that is true that is true
0: huh. awesome well
1: all right take us out big guy
0: oh I already put the screen up <laughs> um yeah like I already said progress not perfection guys we will see you next week same time same place 7 pm central time 8 p.m. Eastern. Hope to see you there.